Good morning. It is another sunny day today. Let's see if it stays that way. This weather's been a bit on shuffle. It's time to talk subjects. The kettle's being brewed, the tea's being poured, and it's time to mash over it. So, I'm about to talk about a subject that the reason why it's been such a distance between well, this, this episode and the last episode, last episode, if you not listened to it, I talked about veganism and how I am now a vegan, um, not something I'd ever discussed or thought about doing. Also the fact that there is a lot of misinformation and I thought it would be good to share it. And on that same thought process, I wanted to talk about a subject that a lot of people struggle to talk about um, and for many reasons whether it be because of your spiritual belief what you think happens after whether or not you have an innate fear of it and that's the subject of death dun 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 yeah I get I get it and even speaking of the word and saying the word death can bring up a lot of triggers a lot of um, fears insecurities a lot of anxieties a lot of worries it can also for other people be a a, a, a feeling of peace um, depending again on the person you are your experiences and your your beliefs I think beliefs is a quite a um quite a strong strong bond into your thoughts and your processes of dealing with when it comes to the subject of death and dying now this is a subject that I find fascinating and hopefully in my future of once I've passed my unicorns and gone on to doing counseling or uh, being a psychologist in some form of way that is something I want to um look into more. The subject is called phantonology and it is a, the subject of studying of death and dying. Now there are many forms of phantonology. There is um, the, the psychological, the sociological, the, the biological, the medical. There is a subject, it is a subject that phantonology is a study of death and dying but it's a study of a science of it that has only been a science for the last give or take 100 years. Now, considering we've been dying for a very long time um, and we've been studying life and everything to do with it from the way we live it to the way we take in oxygen, it has been studied to, and we've made some fantastic studies in life. I mean, we named our own mind. We we named the the organ that helps us through these thought processes. Yet we still do not have this openness about death. So, obviously, different cultures and different um, parts of the world have their own different ways of dealing with stuff. Um. I cannot really speak too much of the Eastern world 
the fact that they have very that I will touch on it and um, there are some bits of information that I have found more to do with the modern world than the the um historic although there are a few bits of historic that I can show you uh, that I, I I was reading yesterday um I will if there's anything that I have discussed on this I will put a link into it in the comments or um into the the titles of this of this podcast so that if you want to read up about it please do you know how do we ever understand anything we learn about it that's that's how we discover and we understand when we when we understand it we don't fear it i think this is the problem with death is we do not understand it it is the great unknown so let's just start with death itself and death itself is something that is a great pain now if anybody has lost somebody whether they be parent child uncle aunt friend brother sister it is the great inevitable that we will lose people within our lives the great inevitable the moment you were born at some point it is the great inevitable that we will die it is one of those things that should there be a life there should also be the end of a life and it causes great pain and this is the grief and the bereavement now there is a difference between grief and bereavement grief is something that we feel for someone we are we 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 have a connection with bereavement not necessarily you can be bereaved but not grieving you can bereave bereave for somebody that you've lost that you know but doesn't mean to say you can grieve doesn't mean to say you have to grieve for that person when we grieve we feel the pain deeply and there are many forms of grief there is the normal and I'm using air brackets here um normal grief which is what we all experience when we grieve for the people that we lose now i i'm not by any means um playing down to the feeling of grief when it is categorized as normal this is the reason why it's categorized as normal is not to take away from the person's grief by any shape or means is not to remove any emotional distress from the word of grief by saying it's normal it is just categorized by the length of time that a person is usually in that grief in that extreme grief period grieving can last for many many years but the extreme feelings of grief is what's categorized as normal and over time with dealing with that grief it does tend to ease it never fully goes away you adapt your life to the life without that person in it it is not a you know you don't carry on you have to adapt yourself and then there's complicated grief which i have my own opinions on um but this isn't about me i'm i'm trying to keep myself as as unbiased as as possible um and complicated grief is when it's extended um and that grief lasts for a longer period where it affects a person's mental health their capability to function who they are as a person um this can be shown as 
years of of depression or manic depression or um turn into a form of anxiety and we all know there are many forms of anxiety there is also they can turn into post-traumatic uh, stress disorder and um, although they're trying to remove the disorder part of that um but it complicated grief changes it into something that the person is struggling to comprehend the loss of that person within their structured life. So I just wanted to give you the, the, the difference between the two. Um, but bereavement is you've lost somebody, um, but you don't necessarily feel an emotional attachment to them. Now, people think this has to be somebody of an acquaintance. Now, we all know people who have estranged parents or estranged children or estranged family members that societal says that we should feel feel the grief but when they we when we lose them we're just bereaved we're in the process of dealing with somebody who has died but there is no grief attached to it there is a little stigma to this as well because if you say to somebody my mother's died but I don't I'm not bothered like not in this and it doesn't mean to say it's in a harsh way but you have no feelings of grief when you say not bothered and people say it off the cuff hand it's not because they're not bothered it's the fact that they don't have an emotional attachment to that person yet a person who has an emotional attachment to their mother the concept of them dying would leave them in grief so the idea of somebody who wouldn't be in grief over the fact of their mother is um is very misunderstood because we only ever think of how we feel from our how think things are and how we'd experience from our own point of view we are pretty selfish people but we can't go really on on how other people feel because we're not them. So this is the, the, the thing. I just wanted to get out clear what the difference between grief and bereavement is. Um, and on top of the grief and bereavement, there is how we cope with this. And I'm going to probably go into... This is into both. It, it's surprising how they bleed into each other. Um, so within this there is this there are many there are the main two um, understandings of how people handle their grief now we've all heard the five stages and I can't say I agree. The person who created them, oh, I'm gonna have to. I'll look it up. I'll I'll leave a link for you to 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 have a have a look. Um, the person who created them never actually wanted to use them as rigidly as they have become. It wasn't. She even stated that they were meant to be inter interchangeable. Never once were you meant to go in order and never once were they meant to be time periods. Like you're meant to go through one or another. And also the fact that they became so rigid meant that they was it was easily stigmatized. Because people are like, shouldn't you be through this process now? You've gone through acceptance. But you're right back right back at anger. What? But it 
grief doesn't work like that. Grief is, uh, and the loss and the pain doesn't work on a time scale. Doesn't work on a, oh, you've done this and then, you know, you're fine again. Grief allows us to go through one process of one part of it retell the story in our head to handle it and then something else comes up and we're like right back there because it's not it's not how we deal with stuff it's the idea that we're supposed to be categorized in how we're supposed to deal with this it's not right oh okay now i'm starting to sound a little bit biased and it's because how can you say that every person is supposed to feel the exact same way and go through the exact same the exact same feelings and thoughts as everybody else that's like saying we are processed computers we're supposed to just do this a b and c no, we're not. We can't. That's mean everybody who, who's lost somebody is going to go for the same thing. And if that was the case, it wouldn't be the difference between grief and bereavement, would they? And I'll, I'll, I'll say this to you now. It's, it's, I, I just want to, we're just, we're, we're just going to say this outright. I personally say you have to take, uh, and this, um, because I've come out as already sounding a little, biased is take your freaking time please don't feel like you have to rush it just because people are saying to you you should go through these stages oh i'm going to come to the other version in a minute it it doesn't work like that and i'll sound like i'm rambling but i i feel i hope i got that across the other part that i personally the other the other understanding of grief for me would be the in- intuitive and instrumental. Because I feel like there's less stigma around that. There's less, you should go through this. Within those that scale, you have the five categories, I suppose. I suppose you could use them together. I mean, it is possible within, within the scale of intuitive and instrumental there are moments of acceptance there are moments of denial and anger um it's the same as anything so that's uh, that's perfectly acceptable but intuitive is an emotional um shunna's an emotional understanding of how you are grieving and how you are going through the process whereas instrumental is how can i do something to ease this. Become instrumental is what it it says on the tin. You are being an instrument to help you through the grieving. So how can I organize the funeral? How can I um, help the family? How can I you know? How can I do something that makes me an instrument to what is going on in the process, so I can deal with the process of what is going on. And I think it's very uh, misunderstood that you you can't. You can't be instrumental. You, where everybody's told to show your emotions. That's another subject I'm going to get into in a second. To show your emotion. That's how you should grieve. You should show your emotions. Get it all out. Blah 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 blah. But what if the person is an introvert and doesn't like to show their emotions, or 
shows it privately. They're instrumental, but you don't see it. Uh, yeah, they're not instrumental. They're intuitive, but you don't see it. Does that mean they're cold? But on the same scale as that, you see a person who doesn't seem to cry, but is doing everything on a list. Does that mean they're cold? Does it mean that the, the person who is an extrovert and shows their emotions and tells everybody how they're feeling, eventually people come on, come on, get over it, it's enough. And don't ever say that to anybody who's ever grieving, ever get over it. No. Um, <laughs> um, but it's also like maybe somebody who's an introvert, who's instrumental, is organising their life adaptions to no longer having that person so the instrumental is is listing how they're going to have to change their life now, now knowing that that person's not going to be in it but it gives them a sense of control so the intuitive to the instrumental is a skill and you can go along at any point in time usually at a funeral before the funeral there is a lot of instrumental, it is a lot of processing, getting things done, making sure it's organised because they want to give the person the best send-off or um, celebrate what their life was or just show them what they have to do. But as soon as the funeral's over, they become intuitive and show their emotions. Vice versa, neither is wrong. Can I just state, neither is wrong. You grieve your own way so coming into this and the subject of of grief and bereavement and attachments to the idea of death there was a lot of history around it with death in the western world we used to grieve we used to show grief um and if our partner died we'd grieve for two years and wore black clothes and mourning jewelry and then if, to show that we was coming out of mourning period, which was two years for a partner, a year for a child, um, no, was it a year for a parent, six months for a child or to a year for a child. Um, and it would lessen the, the distance the family member got. I'll, I'll put the information for you if you'd like to know. It was black clothes. Or it's, although sometimes people were white to show the, the, the life of the soul. And you physically saw the grieving process. Did they show their tears? No. But you saw them, you saw that they were in mourning. So you, like I say, for a partner, if you lost a husband or a wife, you wore black clothes for two years and then slowly swapped garments out for greys and whites to show that you was coming to the end of your mourning period. It was only when we started to industrialise us of the Western world that, and the fact that we died quite regularly, that this was a process that got in the way. And we are now a lot not allowed, or it, it comes across as we were only allowed allotted time. Two years is a long time to process a death. But I think it's fair enough for some people. And even if it's not that allowance to show your grieving process, imagine how amazing that would be if you could, you didn't have to tell people 
about your grief because that's up to you how you show your grief is all down to you but if you could signify how you felt and okay i know that sounds like like a, a whole traffic light system but it would be literally wearing our heart on our sleeve every death is different Every mourning period is different. Every grief period, mourning and grief are also separate. Um, you, you, you have your own way of processing. But imagine if we could show our grief, our sadness. I think we'd ease a lot of stigma around the subject of death and dying. Um, we, we'd also it would open up the conversation of death and dying. You imagine a child. Um, by they say by the age of 10 a child has a, a an understanding of death that it means that people no longer come by come back from a place that they do not know beyond the point of living um and if that is the case and people were to be mourning kids are very inquisitive well we've all seen it when there's a disability and a child would like you look different, why do you look different? And it's not in a harsh way, it's not in a cruel way, it's just purified curiosity. And if you were to have that discussion, kids will understand it, which means we as adults having that conversation as a child would understand more of the subject of death and maybe not fear it. Maybe have a little less fear. Like we're always going to fear the unknown because we can't understand the unknown. But we would have a better conversation around it, which means as adults, if somebody was to die, we could have that conversation and be more open about it. Um, and we would be able to express ourselves. I think there's a lot of when when it comes into complicated grief. I believe that. It's down to the fact that we don't have those conversations to begin with and it's such a shock to the system. Plus, there are certain norms like complicated grief and having those, those horrible conversations is the fact that when you go again, when death goes against the grain and we, and heart-wrenching as it is a child dies before a parent this is a hard subject considering it goes against what we believe is social norm and how we we construe life is that the ones before us die before the younger ones it is not within us to believe that or we'd like to not believe that our younger counterparts the people that we we bring into this world after us should die before us. You know, it's that's not how things work or how we've believed that things work. But death is is as we all know, is it doesn't take those things into consideration. It is what it is and it takes it death takes indiscriminately. It it doesn't have a a plan as such. It just takes indiscriminately, and it's it's a hard kick to the stomach when you have believed something all your life, and then this unknown force disrupts that. 
completely tears it apart and complicated grief from that is completely understandable understandable and and it will be felt for many years and again it's not wrong it's not wrong you deliver it how you will i i've come across many people in my time with the subject of death i myself has had a lot of death experiences i've been by several death bed, uh, bedsides i've um, lost several pets and had to make that decision um and the interesting thing that i found is behaviors around the subject of death and how people behave and again i'm going to come to the belief parts now where the belief of what happens next with a few extra parts i believe is the um cornerstone of how we deal and talk about death because some people have the feeling that death is the end that's it when you're gone you're done that's it there's no you know there's no reincarnation that's it you're you're here and then you're gone and it's sad for everyone because they miss you and let's face it it's not you that's going to miss anything because you're dead it's the people whose lives you've touched that you are going to miss and feel that great pain there are others that believe that once you leave this life that there is another life after death there are people that believe in a spiritual world with ghosts guardian angels it's all coping mechanisms now that's to say that i'm going to belittle anybody's belief but it's it's a form of coping because of the pain of missing we miss that that hole that they've left in our lives because we are such individuals whether or not we live 5 years or 500 years there is no one that is like that person not one people can remind you of them especially like kids or family members but there is nobody that could ever replace that person so when they leave we have to cope we have to cope we have to deal with our coping mechanisms and understand our coping mechanisms and understand that there are different levels and and how we talk to one person about our grief is a different way to how we'll talk to another person about our grief and when it comes to the different beliefs in it how you live your life will probably determine how you deal with death if you fear death and it's called death anxiety it's called a phonophobia phonophobia the fear of death or death of uh, death anxiety and there is a concept that um, and I found the research, I will put it up for you if you'd like to read it, that all anxieties stem from death anxiety and our experiences around the subject of death. Much like a Google search when you put in your symptoms and you are obviously, as soon as you put it in, you, are, you have got cancer, you are dying, end of story, because it escalates so very quickly. 
and the end result is always going to be the end result. There is no getting around it. The end result is always the end result and the end result for humans in illness or life itself is death. And anxiety is the, the constant worry of trying to control the variables that are not controllable. Oh, that is my interpretation of it. Um, it is a, a mental illness disorder. I am not, and again, anything that I say in here is my my interpretation of how to be able to explain the thought processes that I'm having around this subject. This does not demean or belittle anybody's experience or feelings around the subjects of deaf anxiety or deaf anxiety or anything that they're going through. This is just me being able to verbalize the thoughts of what is going, what, what I'm trying to process here for you guys to listen to. So I'm just trying to, I'm just want to explain that. So, but the, the, the concept is that it, we can't control every variable. We can control nothing beyond our, the point of us. But anxiety is worrying about what worse can happen and then trying to control those variables. And eventually you spiral and the last thing you're left with is death. So you're trying to control everything up until that very last variable because that's the extreme. So to a point, it's what stops. Death is the subject around it, but that's because we fear death. It's the great unknown. As a, as a as a way to deal with it, we, we've become so, and not that, but we because of it's become even further unknown because we do not allow the process anymore. In the Western world, we've become so detached from the subject of death, dying, and funerals that, for God's sake, in America they have drive-through funerals. I kid you not, they have drive-through funerals. How can we emotionally process what is going from if we're going 30 miles an hour past it? It's very hard to talk about this subject as, as well as if you put in the subject of different people's beliefs of what death is and how death goes about. I mean, in Japan, they have, de they have funerals for robot dogs because they're so attached and emotionally attached to these inanimate objects because essentially they are an inanimate object, they have no conscious. So, but we are so attached to this that they're having funerals for them. But they're still emotionally attached to this and their different beliefs and how we deal with them and how we have these conversations and you might think that's really strange and personally, I wouldn't say strange, I would be asking the question of why they feel so emotionally attached to an inanimate object. But that's a different subject for a different day. We, we, we struggle. The, I feel that the conversations that we struggle around the subject of grief is that we have different constructs of what we believe death is. And how we believe and cope with death itself. And also our proximity to death. I personally have had quite close proximity to death. Um, there is no way to understand or comprehend 
watching somebody take their last breath or watching something. I've watched two dogs take their last breath and that's that there is an idea that losing an, a, a dog is just as painful as or if not more because their love is unconditional and completely dependent on you that you know there is nothing that you can physically express to see a person's last breath but put that against somebody who'd never experienced death or never lost anybody and would not feel the pain that lack of understanding may make them feel not that they don't want to understand but they don't know how to come about that subject then you've got the subject of how do people talk about dying if with two people one believes that reincarnation and the other one believes that's it when you're gone you're gone how do they have that conversation and i think it comes down to the fact that we have to respect that everybody has a different belief to be able to open up those conversations and understand that we're not we're not trying to harm people by expressing our own views what we're trying to do is show different views from different sides the problem with grief is it is attached and entangled with so many different emotions because of the pain we feel when we're in grief that if somebody is in bereavement over the same person that a person is in grief for there is potential for miscommunication because if one person is grieving yet another person is bereaved over that one same person because of their attachment to that person and that could be a parent that could be a child that could be a, like parent i'm going to use it as an example because it's quite easy in this day and age for a lot of people to understand given a, a lot of people's history why it would be easy to understand a, um, from a, the loss of a parent now one if a parent dies and one child was very attached to that parent yet a, another one was estranged from that parent the person the, the child that is in in deep complicated grief would could be angered by the person that is just bereaved and dealing with what's going on and also with the fact that one person being intuitive and showing their emotions may feel that the person who's been instrumental is cold and heartless because they're just getting on with things. We all deal with death differently, but we do not have these conversations because we're so awkward and uncomfortable with the stories. But there is a there are um, a study that there is a way to be able to open up that conversation of death and dying, and that is to look into the artifacts attached to the the person that has the the, the deceased. So whether or not that's a jumper or, or um, a jewelry box or something or other, because it starts that conversation, and at some form of time, given if you was to get a lot older, at some point you would have experienced death, whether it be a grandparent. A, a pet um hopefully not your children um but that you've experienced death in some form shape or form so that those convers the the these inanimate objects that we feel attached to through uh, an attachment through to the person who is no longer with us we can start those conversations and we have those open conversations about yes well this person this this, this person oh they bought this for me because of this that, and the other we all have things that were left and handed down from us from people that are no longer here 
and when you bring it you bring it when you talk about them it brings a smile to your face because you're remembering what silly day it was when you bought that really cheap tacky piece of jewelry but it made you both laugh or you know that kind of subject but it starts those conversations because death grieving is the missing of that person and the hole that they can that can no longer and ever will never be filled it is um it is something that because we are so individual i'm going to turn back it on the subject because we are so individual there is no one like you so when you leave this place nobody can replace that spot and we try in some cases some people's coping mechanisms is to replace um is it a healthy one probably not but that's between them and their therapist um and we miss these people so much we miss the moments that we would have liked to have shared. But what's even sadder is that the times that we're missing these people, we're not even allowed. Sometimes we don't even feel that we're allowed to discuss them because of how other people will feel. Sometimes because we don't even know how we feel. And it's completely and utterly not again not to play down how you're feeling but normal so I'm going to wrap this up because it's getting a bit I don't want to get really down about it because I find the subject I didn't even get as a subject of behaviours because I think behaviours around death is an intriguing one especially with the fact that people are avoidant a lot of the times on the subject I suppose I have discussed other behaviours but club mechanisms but People are avoidant of the subject. And I think if we were to not be so avoid, I mean, some people won't even go to places of where the person died because they're so avoidant of it. Don't like going to graveyards because they're so avoidant of the subject of death. I think if we were to open up these conversations and I think things like this are what help people with those discussions. So if you want to talk to me about death and how you're feeling and grieving and... I'm not counsellor or anything like that one day, hopefully. But um, the subject of death does fascinate me um, from every point of view. Um, just because of how unspecial it is, in a way. But we make it, because everybody does it, the moment you are born, you are going to die at some point. Um, but it's so... And when I say death is not is unspecial, it's it's the end of something. We all end. But the specialness was in the person, not the death itself. I, I hope I'm making this clear. I don't want to take any away from anybody's grief. Um but the subject of death itself, we need to discuss it because it has the potential of helping so many people deal with so many emotions that they have no idea how to process and they feel stuck because they don't know what's normal. They also are stuck in that pain of missing 
it's that pain of missing is never going to go away no like i said nobody can fill that space but i think if we start having the discussions maybe people wouldn't feel so alone on the subject um anybody wants any help with uh dealing with grief or understanding grief or just feel like this i would recommend a book called grief demystified by caroline lloyd uh, caroline 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 lloyd yes it's a it's a very small short book um but i think for anybody who works with death or anybody who's um works in grieving or works uh, has people that they've lost or would just like a better understanding of the grief a, a different or a different perspective from the grieving, grieving process i would recommend it it's a very good book very short book won't take you that long to get through it um for those that are in the midst of grief yourself whether or not that 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 passing was two days ago two years ago 20 years ago all my love to you you get through it the way you need to get through it and you process it the way you process it. And that's it. And we just need to respect that everybody's different. But I suppose that's just in general. But um, I hope you enjoyed this subject. Oh, okay. Enjoyed subject is not exactly the easiest thing to say on that one. But you get what I mean. And if you like this discussion and want to see more discussions like this, um, please comment, like, share share this with somebody you feel like it might help um if you feel that i'm running on a subject please contact me i i appreciate anybody that can teach me or show me a different perspective or even show me that i'm wrong because when you learn you're wrong you learn something new um but on that i send my love to you all i appreciate you all for taking the time to listen to me and if you're if anybody is struggling out there to deal with what they're going on please speak to somebody whether or not that be um, with your doctor, uh, Samaritans, a friend, we are, there is always somebody to help you, I'll do your best, and if you feel like you have nobody, you ha have, you can always contact me, always, I, I will gladly always respond, um, we, where you can find me, Facebook, Flint Lioness, on Instagram, Flint Lioness, on Twitter, which is a bit more personal, and I like to have a bit more fun with that one, but it's Flame Linus. You can find me under everything. You need me, message me. And on that note, people, we've mashed our tea, we've drunk it down. It's time to say, see you later. Thank you.